This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. All right, yet another this is our double nickel episode, <laughs> number 55, I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting coolly across from me is the lovely and not sweaty Brittany Page. And you're not being sarcastic this time. Yeah. Because there is a crazy heat wave over Los Angeles right now. I think there's like a heat warning until Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be over 100 degrees or something. Yeah. And well, we have decided to crank yield air conditioning. Yeah. And just deal with the audio consequences. Yeah. Which means I'm just going to have to go into overtime relative to editing and noise removal. But it's much better for us both because we aren't sweating. Yeah. And we can't get through these three days sweating to death. So I saw someone on my, on my Facebook page who is, who still lives in Boise, and he shared something about, woohoo, summer's hanging around for a little longer, and on Tuesday it's going to be 93 degrees. Uh, like, fuck that. Well, one, it's going to be hotter here. Yeah, way hotter. W- much hotter, like in the hundreds. Yes. And Triple I digits. I don't know if you know, but it's the middle of September. Yeah, it's almost October. Shit's supposed to be winding down. Yeah. <laughs> It's supposed to be fall time. Yeah. I, we could we could do an entire hour twice a week, two hours, multiple hours a week, strictly on the weather and how fucking terrible and how much we hate the heat. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So we, we'll leave it at that. I, I did want to, speaking of shit that bothers me, uh, I did want to talk about asshole Parkers. Not... P- like Tony Parker <laughs> or Mary Elizabeth Parker. Isn't that an actress? Uh, Mary Louise Parker? Yeah, Mary Louise yeah. Parker. You were um, close. That was good. Okay. <laughs> um, not those kind of Parkers. Which kind? The kinds who park their cars. Right. Shittily. Yes. We, uh, the other day on my Instagram, this is maybe two months ago or so, but on my Instagram account, I posted a picture of someone who was parked like an utter asshole. I've taken pictures of cop cars that are on my Instagram account of them parked like total dickholes. Um, but a, a specific, and I want to, I want to get some audience participation here to, we, we need to come up with some kind of a hashtag. We'll have to come up with it now during the show. Yeah. It probably needs to be appropriate. Yes. So yes. keep that in mind. But Brittany and I went and saw a movie. This must have been. Wow, five over five years ago. Yeah. And it was winter time. And it was in Boise, Idaho. And I'm gonna post all these pictures in a sequence with whatever hashtag we come up with. But there was a guy, it was a busy, busy theater during Christmas time. Everybody goes to the movies. It was packed. Yeah. yeah. We had to search for a spot. Well, in searching for a spot, we see this guy in this giant jacked up white tr- pickup truck with 
California plates. And he's parked in the first row of parking spots. He's not just parked in. He's not just taking up like one and then into another. He's squarely bisecting four separate spots. And again, he's in the first row, the row closest to the entrance of the movies. Yes. So he's not like parked in the very back of the parking and just taking up four spots. And he's not driving uh, a Rolls Royce Phantom or a fucking Lamborghini. He's driving a Dodge or some fucking just a jacked up OC bro truck. Yeah. So I'm very angry. And at this point in my life, five years ago, I probably had less impulse control than I do now. And I decided to write him a note. Which can never go well. <laughs> well, I called him a cock gobbler. And I said something about... I don't have the pictures in front of me. I'm going to have to find them and put them up on the site. But I said something about people like him needed to be rounded up and set on fire. Yikes. <laughs> That's intense. So I took the note and I, I put it on his windshield and Brittany and I went to the movie. Yeah. Um, Up in the air with George Clooney and... Oh, wow. You remember the movie. What's her name? Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, not a great movie. So we come and out... And Vera, Vera from Menga or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The chick from, uh, from the Departed. Departed. Yeah. So we come back from the movie. A little aside there. We come back from the movie and... It turns out I'm not the only one who was bothered by this prick's terrible parking. And it's not just terrible parking like he couldn't drive his truck. He deliberately took all those spaces like an asshole. Yeah. So I took all pictures of this, too. We get back, and there's not just one or two more notes. There's like 10 or 15 notes on his car. Yeah. And someone had scrawled, and I'm not sure if I have a picture of this, someone had scrolled asshole really big across his side window with lipstick. That's taking care of biz. Yeah. So I in, in the note that I left him, I left my phone number so he could contact me if he had an issue with anything that I said. Which very much pleased me. <laughs> well, listen... Something needs to be done with people like this. Mm, mm-hmm. it, he's going to go the rest of his life feeling entitled and able to act like that. Yeah. He needed to be called to the carpet. So anyway, he texted me. <laughs> he texted me a picture of the California state flag. I still have his phone number. Yeah. So this was before we knew what an OC bro was, oh, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that we can look back on this experience, this guy had to have been a total OC bro. And he for sure needed his his a physical altercation needed to happen with this guy. And it probably has happened since. I'm sure it's happened since. <laughs> and he was either an OC bro or from Riverside, 909. Yeah, I would guess 909. If we're being stereotypical Which people, I am. I am being. I mean, that case. behavior just falls in line with what the stereotype is. Right. So we're just matching stereotypes. So I want to put a call out to the audience, and I want to hear from you, from you all, what terrible parking stories do you have? Or what terrible parking do you, stories do you have that are accompanied by... Awesome photographic evidence. Because I in my Twitter feed, if I go back through my Twitter feed, I have all kinds of pictures of people who park like assholes. It's all been since I moved to California. But 
I will provide all of those links to them in my twit picks, and we will we'll have a good time because this is something that needs to stop. Well, and you recently had another one in the Trader Joe's parking lot. Yeah. And that was funny because we were trying to predict what the driver might look like. While we were in Trader Joe's, we're looking at everybody trying to figure out who it is. Yeah, and it ended up being a, a little old lady. Not No, 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 no. I wouldn't say little old lady. I would say she was just, you know, a middle-aged, you know, 45, 50-year-old lady. But Oh, I was going to say she was probably like 60. No. I mean, she wasn't like an 80-year-old hunched-over woman no. that's, you yeah. know. She was not elderly. She was middle-aged. She also... Old enough to know. Was a little tiffy with you. Bitchy is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, well, as we drove by, because I'm not going to have a face-to-face confrontation with a lady in a parking lot. You'll just yell obscenities from the car. I, I know, I'm joking. I did not yell any I'm obscenities. I'm joking. I'm trying to make a joke. That was a very funny joke. So, as we drive Burnt by... Burt Reynolds probably liked it. <laughs> As we drive by, I roll down Brittany's window. <laughs> so I can get blamed <laughs> for everything. And I say, hey, fantastic parking job. To which she replies, thanks. That's right. That's right. Because that that was the equivalent of the double thumbs up I give to terrible drivers. Right, right. Which you're, you know, beating them with sarcasm, which is good. But, but I, this resulted in you finding the Trader Joe's parking lot Twitter account. Yeah, who knew? Well, uh, Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Right. And apparently this Trader Joe's parking fiasco is very common. It's very common if you follow their account, which we'll put on the on the Facebook page. But not not only did I get a picture of her parking job, I subsequently took a couple extra photos of her putting her groceries into her car to prove who she was. Right. So I, I just want to hear from the audience because I know everybody has stories like this. And I'm going to post a whole bunch and uh what should the hashtag be i, I don't know nice night hashtag nice parking or hashtag nice job hashtag great park job uh, how about something simple how about just hashtag parking fail H- hashtag parking failure how about that okay all right hashtag parking failure yeah I wish we could incorporate the name of the show in there, so this could be a little bit of shameless self-promotion as well, but... But then the hashtag would be like 140 yeah, characters long. Yeah, right. It's long. too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, hashtag parking failure. Share with us your many stories, and also, hopefully you have photographic evidence because you're vindictive like me, and you stew over shit. So, moving along to a story that, coincidentally, is also in the Boise area, in a town called Cuna, Idaho. Yes, not Cuna. Yeah, it's K-U-N-A, if you want to look it up. Uh, but the, the the Cuna School District was playing an anti-bullying video during a school assembly, and the Freedom From Religion Foundation has now gotten involved. Yes, and now the school district has been forced to address the constitutional concerns of the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Obviously, as Jesse said, this video is produced by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Did you say that? Uh, I'm not sure. 
Okay, well, I just said it. <laughs> and the video explicitly refers to both Jesus Christ and a heavenly father. Regarding bullying, the video claims, quote, This mighty change of heart is exactly what the gospel of Jesus Christ is designed to bring about. It also claims that, quote, allowing us to see others the way our Heavenly Father sees us because God loves us so much. We, too, must love and forgive. Remember, in the end, it is the merciful who obtain mercy. The video was shown in its entirety and was paused at the end to display the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints logo. So I'm going to give you a little flavor. If the, the speaker, the narrator in the video, who was some highfalutin figure in the Mormon church, but if he had been as dynamic a speaker as Brittany, the video might be not as boring as it actually was. L let me give you a little flavor for the video. We are all brothers and sisters. I imagine that every person on earth has been affected in some way by the destructive spirit of contention, resentment, and revenge. The spirit of envy and hatred has led to some of the most tragic stories in history. So, I guess what I'm saying here is he's not really exciting, but here's what happens. Every six months, I believe, I'm, I'm just talking off the top of my head. I don't have any data in front of me of the dates. But every six months or so, the Mormons have what's called General Conference. And it's like the big get-together at the headquarters for the, for the men. For the, the men Mor only. For the men in the Mormon church. And if you live in New York City or wherever other Mormons live, in the scant numbers that they exist other elsewhere... Um, you get to watch the general council videos and stuff on, 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 on like a satellite feed. And if you live in a, in a highly populated Mormon area or a, a populated area or an area that is populated highly by Mormons, let's say, um, you, you, like Boise, there's a TV channel, BYU TV, and you can watch it there. But to attend general council, you have to be a woman or a, a man. I'm sorry. Sorry for the Mormon women too. So I, I wanted to, I don't always take the Freedom From Religion Foundation's press releases at face value because they certainly have an agenda and they, they twist a lot of words. A lot of times these type of organizations um, like Right Wing Watch and different media matters, things like that, they will say in the summary what the guy said and then when you listen to the video... They didn't say that at all. So I decided before, we, you know, talking about this, I wanted to watch the entire anti-bullying video. And in the beginning, he says the spirit of anger, the spirit of whatever, which is a little problematic for me, but not too bad. And he also gets to this point, labored, but he gets to it. And he says the entire situation with bullying could be summed up in a two-word sermon. And now the word sermon gives me a little bit of pause, but still not a big deal. And the two-word sermon is stop it. Just stop it. Three words would have been better, and you fucking stop it. But <laughs> And then the video tells a story, and they go through. And at the very end of the video, he does say what Brittany referred to, uh, referring to Heavenly Father and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that certainly 
is problematic for a public school. I want to say two things here. One, the Boise area, Boise, at the last data that I was aware of, is, is, has more Mormons per capita than Salt Lake City. There's a large LDS Latter-day Saint population in Idaho in general, but also specifically Boise and CUNA would be considered a suburb of Boise. So the, when the, the principal said that they knew this was a religious video and they had instructed the, the person who was leading this, I believe they were a student, to shut the video off before any of those references were made and then they failed to do so. The second thing I want to say is it's kind of a kudos to the Mormon church. As much as is wrong with Christianity generally and Mormonism specifically, at least they're fucking doing something about the scourge of bullying that we we're seeing these last few years, which has become far more dangerous and far more prevalent because of technology. Yeah. So, and, and this video deals with that texting and making memes of people and it's it's great i'm really glad that they're doing something about it however it's not for the school because there are many 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 secular organizations that have just as entertaining just as thought-provoking just as moving videos and pamphlets and materials to combat bullying that's what the letter stated that was sent to the school district from a staff attorney at the Freedom From Religion Foundation. He said, your community possesses many secular experts in this field, including counselors, psychologists, and sociologists who have experience, training, certification, and or degrees and would be delighted, usually at no cost to the district, to discuss bullying before your student bodies and whose presence would not raise constitutional red flags. And I think that's a good point. I also think you make a good point that it is good they made this video. Why, thank you. But it's probably not for the school. They should just show it to members of their congregation who participate in oppressing the gay community. Right. And well, that could also lead to bullying behaviors within the gay community. Here's the thing. I even have a problem if they were to just shut the video off prior to them saying the words Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. The, the reason I do... It's not like this is Milwaukee where there's not a lot of Mormons. By showing this video, you are still maintaining the authority of the Mormon church in the community by playing it in school. Because everybody knows it's from the Mormon church. Because it says, you know, Albrecht or whatever that guy's name was, the narrator. That, that's taken from a sermon from General Conference. I don't think I mentioned that before. But so... It's it's maintaining the authority of the church in the school, and I think that's a problem. Right. For those of you who don't know, which I would assume would be most, in the Boise area, notice I'm a native. I say Boise, not Boise. And I say both, so. <laughs> uh, in the Boise area, every high school, I, I think I'm not a stretch by saying every high school, every major high school in the Boise area has what's called a seminary across the street from it, which is a Mormon-owned subsidiary, subsidiary of the church, which a student, a high school student, gets, gets high school credit, class credit in humanities or whatever, and gets to go across the street off campus and take a class at the Mormon seminary. Right. Which I think is completely ludicrous and absurd and a violation of a separation of church and state. 
Well, when I went to school, there was one next to my high school, and I knew many people who would talk about going and then just taking a nap during class. Yeah. Like, they were just allowed to put their head on their desk, take a nap, and it wasn't really... I mean, honestly, that sounds like a waste of time, Well, just going for the religious part, but then also, like, just taking a nap. You know, you're at school, you should be learning something, and... Right. Well, it, it, it it leads me to the question... If there was a mosque across the street, would they be able to go across the street and learn about Allah and Muhammad, peace be upon him, blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, no, that would be, oh, no, that's scary. It would be, there's too many, there's, that's going to cause too much traffic it's, in our area. It's a terrorist training camp over there, but the Mormons, it's just a brainwashing training camp. <laughs> so I just have a problem generally with it. Um and here's one case, I think, where, well, not one case, but here's another case where the Freedom From Religion Foundation is doing good work and is not being a fucking distraction. So. So thanks, Freedom From Religion Foundation. Yeah. And, and, and you know, let's say thanks to the Mormon Church for trying to do something about bullying, too. I think it, uh, listen, just because it's Christian, it doesn't necessarily make it bad. And I struggled with this because it's. It's still a positive message. And as much bad shit as there in the Bible, there is in the Bible, there is good shit in there too. So we need to talk about the good with the bad. Speaking of good and the bad, holy shit. Uh, drunken, bloodletting, hillbilly brawl in Anchorage, Alaska, involving friend of the show, Sarah Palin and family. Yes, several members of Sarah Palin's clan were involved in a drunken brawl at a... Are you ready for this? I love that they call them a a clan. Right. At a snowmobile party. Right. A snowmobile party. Now, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, you know, it's August or September when they're having this party. The party was sponsored by the annual Iron Dog Snowmobile Race... And the Anchorage Police Department spokeswoman Jennifer Castro confirmed to Daily News that Palin's family got into the messy fight, but no arrests were made because no one pressed charges. Just before midnight, Anchorage police responded to a report of a verbal and physical altercation taking place between multiple suspects. Alcohol was believed to have been a factor in the incident. According to different reports, son Track Palin, do we know about Track? I don't know. They've got crazy fucking names. Track got into a fist fight with a man who may have dated his sister, Willow. Now, and, I've never heard of Willow either. Yeah, they like I said, they've got it's Bristol and Willow and Track and As um, the as the altercation turned ugly, the Palins were asked to leave the premises. Alaskan political blogger Amanda Cohn pieced together an account from witnesses who said Track exited out of a stretch Hummer to the party, (laughs) immediately spotted the object Uh. of his ire, and walked over to him. The owner of the house, Chris Olds, got involved and claimed he was struck by Bristol Palin several times. Bristol's throwing punches. Yes. Word is that Bristol has a particularly strong right hook, which she employed repeatedly, and it's something to hear Sarah Palin scream, quote, Don't you know who I am? Let me tell you something. It does not surprise me, one, that Sarah Palin would be the type to say, Don't you know who I am? I'll tell a story one time where Chris Matthews did the same thing to me. But 
it doesn't surprise me that th- that this family is that type that it, it, Bristol Palin is throwing multiple punches at people and this it's this weird entitled they believe they're like alaska royalty or something they're just fucking hillbillies yeah the funniest part of this story is that someone from the crowd screamed this isn't some damned hillbilly reality show (laughs) (laughs) and that's something coming from an alaskan at a snowmobile party yeah (laughs) yeah right and does it surprise me that the Track Palin got out of a stretch Hummer limousine. Class, class, class. God damn. That's high school shit, man. <laughs> and apparently Track Palin's stuff. Yeah. Unbelievable. So I, I guess that's all we have to say about that. But sound off. What do you guys think? 657-464-7609. We would love, and I'm sure Sarah Palin would love to hear your thoughts about the, their wild goings-on. Wouldn't it be great if she ran for president? We have a friend of the show who used to live either in Wasilla or nearby, which is where they're from. Right. I should uh, see if he'd like to make uh, an appearance and uh, give any details about uh, having been around them. Yeah, that'd be great. And you know who you are, so why don't you uh, message me and we'll set something up. <laughs> Give us all the deets on the snowmobile parties. <laughs> so let's stay with the religion theme just for a little bit longer. Recently, there was an article about many, many Christian pastors who are becoming atheists. I guess I want to say but in droves, but it's 200 plus. And I guess they've they've developed some kind of an online support system for one another. Yeah. So like you said, more than 200 church leaders across the country now say they no longer believe in God. And this includes a Houston area pastor named Mike Oz, A-U-S. Yeah, let's go with that. And he was a pastor at a church. He made his announcement during an appearance on Sunday morning. Quote, hardly anyone reads the Bible he said on Up With Chris Hayes' program on MSNBC, if they did, the whole thing would be in trouble. His church congregation responded to a Local 2 news investigation in Houston and said they were blindsided by his announcement. They said they had no idea he had completely changed his beliefs until they saw him on the MSNBC program, which I guess is kind of lame that they had to see his pastor on MSNBC revealing his atheism after they see him preach every Sunday. That would be a little disheartening. Yeah, you know, there's definitely more responsible ways to go about it. Um, Ryan Bell, who we've had on the show, I believe it was episode 36? You know better than I would. (laughs) I think it's episode 36 if you'd like to hear it. But um, Ryan Bell, who was also a Seventh-day Adventist pastor... Um, and he is trying on atheism. He's at the end of his year of trying it on. And he did it, I think, the right way where he kind of came out and lost his job over it, obviously. I don't think you would expect to keep keep your pastor job while you're trying on not believing that there's a God. But he did it the right way. Yeah. So during his appearance on MSNBC, he was asked by host Chris Hayes, 
are you going to preach next Sunday? And he said, I'm going to go back next week and meet with my leadership and talk about where we go from here. We'll see. He was a longtime Lutheran pastor at churches in the Houston area, but now says he no longer believes in the message that he had been preaching for almost 20 years. Wow. It doesn't surprise me. I, I think that um, there's probably a contingency, a large contingency of pastors, people who are professional pastors of churches, who lose their faith. Even even Mother Teresa, in her diaries that were found after her death, um, admitted that she had completely lost her faith in God. But she just continued because it's it's what she had done all her life, and it was her job. Yeah, so the effect on his church has been rather immediate, and it had 80 members, and it has now dissolved. And they said that their pastor's complete change in faith was devastating, obviously. Dr. Keith Jennings, a Methodist pastor and former president of the Houston Graduate School of Theology, stated, When a pastor comes forward and says, I don't believe anymore, it rocks their world. Members see pastors as spiritual heroes. Jenkins also said that many church leaders question and then lose their faith, but never before has it become a public phenomenon. And the website that is helping clergy members that are losing their faith is www.clergyproject.com, and it's become a confidential gathering group for pastors, ministers, and other church leaders who no longer believe in God. The group says it has more than 240 members. Some have gone public, some have not. And... Jenkins said, I'm sure there are many more pastors actively serving in churches who are going through a faith crisis and have lost their faith, right. but they haven't left because it's their livelihood, but, exactly. they, but they need to move on. They, need, they don't need to stay with a church and use their position as a pastor with sacred trust to try and take others with them. You know, it, it makes me, it's an unusual question because I question the morality of not believing in God yet still pretending to and leading a flock as though you do. Right. So part of that seems very unethical and immoral to me. But then also, on the other, to play devil's advocate to myself, would be it's all fucking fake anyway. So what does it matter if you're faking believing in the fake shit? Well, you, you know what I mean? Well, I have an answer for you. All right. Even though we haven't discussed this. So that's interesting. <laughs> you think I would need more time to prep? But it would help the stigma go away for atheism if we weren't so much a minority and more people would come forward yeah, and be rational thinking people I, I, and I, be open about it. I get that. But what I'm when a guy is giving up his job, his livelihood, it's scary to say I'm an atheist because what's a guy going to do? All he's done is prepare and give sermons every Sunday and, you know, maybe... Well, like Ryan Bell, he's a good example. He was someone that he was struggled. a yeah was a church leader his his whole life, and even though he's highly educated, he has his PhD, so that maybe helped him in his transition. But now he he has steady work. Yeah, he was he's able to find a job. Ryan is just settling in to have to, to steady work right now. Yeah, he's he struggled for a long time, and it was because of some kind of a Kickstarter campaign or GoFundMe campaign that some atheist started that like 30 grand was raised to him, raised for him to kind of supplement his bills. But it's only been the last few months that he's gotten steady, fulfilling employment. Well, that's one way to get money, a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> but it's also important. I mean, I'm sure that these people like this pastor in this article, they want to be true to themselves. They don't want to be living a lie. Yeah. 
going to work every day and lying to people, having to counsel people and tell them to stay strong in their faith when you don't have faith, you know, and also if you're an atheist who believes that religion is wrong, that it's doing detrimental things, and then you are making people's strength within religion grow, I mean, that would obviously be a problem for them too. Yeah. You know, I'll reach out to Ryan. And uh, maybe we'll get him back on the show to talk about this, maybe not this specific instance, but what his feelings are about the morality or immorality of staying in it when you're not feeling it anymore. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Why well, don't you get on that? I, I will. All right. So listen, we I'm in the middle, I'm in the process of kind of updating the dollamore.com website. And I... And what is known as a fucking buffoon <laughs> where it relates to technology. Well, where it relates to most things, I'm a fucking buffoon. But especially with technology. So I'm, I'm having a real hard time um, making it not look like I puked onto the screen and it just stayed there and went online. <laughs> um, so it's looking a little better now. Listen, if there's any web nerds out there that would love to help me out... It's WordPress. If there's any WordPress geniuses who would like to volunteer their services to their favorite twice-weekly show about news, news and ridiculous comment, I would gladly accept your, 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 your gracious offer. You could email me at idoubtit at dollamore.com. That's idoubtit at dollamore.com. Anyway... All this to say that there is still, even with the minor upgrade that I've done, a search bar for Amazon.com on Dollamore.com. And if you want to buy a book, even if you want to buy a book about WordPress and about web design, I'm sure it's there. You could also buy helmets and gloves and snowmobile accoutrement for your latest for your next s snowmobile party. <laughs> with the Palins. But make sure you also buy boxing gloves with your snowmobile gear. Right. Because apparently it's a necessity. Very much so. Here's a weird story for you. I'm talking to the audience. I know I'm looking at you and gesturing toward you, but well, I'm talking to the audience. It was also good to get my attention. Yeah. Uh, a sixth grade teacher in Washington, D.C., our beloved nation's capital assigned some kind of a project for 6th graders, 11 and 12-year-olds, 13 if they're slow, and the project was somehow to compare George W. Bush, our 43rd president, to Adolf Hitler, the, right. the genocidal maniac who orchestrated the murder of 6 to 8 million human beings. Right. The McKinley Middle School teacher has apologized, though, after she mm. after she sent home an assignment of a Venn diagram, right, where wow. you, you compare and contrast. So it's the two circles, and right. they, they meet, meet in the, in the middle, middle right. and you have to do the similarities in the middle and the differences on the outside circles. So this was to be done with George Bush and Adolf Hitler. Oh, damn. At least one parent found it troubling on a number of levels. He told... Bay Area News, he sees a certain lack of respect for the office of the president, and the instructions read, quote, 
both men who abused their powers, which the parent said presents opinion as fact. So the instructions right. were obviously bias. Not good. You know, it, it amazes me. I just saw a meme the other day that was that was uh, Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler said he wasn't a dictator. Fidel Castro said he wasn't a dictator. And then oh, Barack Obama says he's not a dictator. <laughs> it, it just it's so just fucking ludicrous. That, but it happens on both sides. And I really do think before we go radically criticizing the president of the United States, our president, take a we should take a step back and respect the office. Because for one, there's not a fucking chance in a snowy day at a snowmobile party that I would want to be the president of the United States. Talk about a shitty, shitty job. Or that any of those people that are sharing memes like that would have any clue right. what they're doing right. and would be so fantastic in that role. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's like recently when, what was that status that was shared? And we, we peeked into the comments and it was all about Obama's a, he's a secret Muslim and he just crazy conspiracy theory bullshit. I know. I don't remember. It was on one of those conservative tribune site posts from Facebook. Right. Which is, by the way, just for anybody who loves it, very often inaccurate information is T portrayed right. on that. It, so it's, it's beyond just opinion. It's, oh yeah. It's, it's presenting things as fact as as hard-hitting investigative journalism and it's it's fucking terrible. And it's unfortunate because all those comments of the people saying, "Oh, he's a Muslim and all that." You know, they're probably not the most uh educated. <laughs> right. And so Conservative Tribune is taking advantage of people who, you know, don't know how to find the right information, don't have time to. Yeah. Or don't, you know, know how. And I think that's really unfortunate. Well, it's the it's the other side of the the double edged sword of the Internet. Right. That although you do have instant access to wonderful amounts of information, you also have instant access to bullshit like that. And, Dangerous bullshit. And that's what the most difficult part is because most people don't know how to distinguish between what is fact, right. what is fiction, even when it comes to science matters, which really gets me pissed off. But <laughs> right. So the whole purpose of this assignment, by the way, it was a part of a curriculum. They're in a war and peace unit mm. and they need to consider when conflict is warranted. So I guess the best At way sixth grade in sixth grade, right? From an international relations standpoint, <laughs> it sounds like a pretty advanced type of uh, assignment for this for this 11, 12, and slow 13-year-olds. They're training a bunch of presidents, vice presidents, right. and secretary of states. Right. It's great. Yeah. It's a public school in D.C., so you know it's a terrible, terrible fucking school. Oh, no, no good schools there? Not public. Well, that's a bummer. Speaking of a bummer, God, you led me right into this. The Ice Bucket Challenge is still going on, and recently, well, I tell you what, you do your job, I'll do mine. Yeah, so you, you might have heard about this, and if you haven't, we're about to depress you a little bit. Sorry about that, but a group... We're not, well, we're not going to finish with this, so no. rest assured, we'll... A group of four to five kids, 
I guess you could call them. Monsters, All... animals, little devils, pieces of shit. Children that we need to get to and change the way that they think and behave before they become adults and can murder and maim human beings. That's what these kind of people are. Right. And I've seen it reported that the age range is 14 to 17. These boys lured a 15-year-old autistic boy to do the ice bucket challenge. They said that they were going to do the ice bucket challenge with him. And instead, they videotaped him having urine, feces, and spit and cigarette butts in a bucket dumped on him. Well, it's not unbelievable. This is the kind of thing... Well, go ahead. Finish what happened. I mean, it does end up with somewhat of a good ending, but... Yeah, so authorities are not releasing the names, and... Because they're juveniles. Right. And they're not discussing the potential charges as the investigation is not yet complete. They are conducting a comprehensive investigation. And, you know, this whole thing got a lot of notoriety because three celebrities came forward and offered $10,000 each. We, we should say who they are because it's Drew Carey, Donnie Wahlberg. And Jenny McCarthy. And, and Jenny McCarthy. She doesn't always do everything right, but she did this thing right. Well, I think it's great. Well, she does it because she's close to autism, which is fine. Right. So, so they like, donated the money. They they offered to donate the money to find the boys who did this to this other boy. As a reward. As a reward. And since they've offered the reward, the police did their due diligence. They did the work. They tracked down these five little fuckers. And they're caught. And to the police's credit, they have declined the money, which I think that the stand-up thing to do, and I'm not I'm not making a judgment either way. I'm not saying that they're bad for not giving the money. But if it were me and I and I had ten thousand dollars to give, um I would I would may I would follow through on that and make sure that they got the money, whether they like it or not, because I'm sure these guys have kids. And that would be an awesome thing for a college fund. I would I would figure some way to get them the money. Get the autistic boy the money? No, the money wasn't for the autistic kid. The money was for the whoever leads to their capture, wasn't it? Yeah, but I'm saying the cops did it. Right. That's their job. I understand that. Oh, you're saying the cops should still get the money. I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, I'm saying if it was me, I would make sure that, you know, money got offered... I would make sure that their kids were taken care of. In some way, I would I would uh, make a gesture. I was going to say it makes more sense for it to go to the autistic boy, maybe. But, all right. So, I also want to talk about how the video was discovered. The bo- Oh, they did a video of it. The boys that filmed it did it from his cell phone. They filmed it. And they put it up on Instagram. Ugh. And... The 15-year-old boy's mother found the video on her son's cell phone. Wow. He didn't tell her about it. He was embarrassed and said that he didn't know what it was going to be. And then obviously... Total bullshit. Realized what it was when it happened. But this is really um, terrible even to talk about because, I mean, it's just... um, It's bad to take advantage of any person, but then taking advantage of someone who can't fight back completely, doesn't have all of the wherewithal to Absolutely. fight against you, to say no, to know what's going on. It, That's really sick. We, we've talked about this on this show a lot, and it's 
those who are least among us need to be protected the most. And for these five kids to do terrible shit to someone who is part of that group, the least among us, is a terrible thing. And I hope that they get punished to the to the fullest extent that the law is able to throw the hammer down because they're all old enough to know better. Yeah, and I just wonder where the, I mean, immense lack of empathy comes from, where they can't understand what they're doing. I mean, are all of these boys, you know, victims of abuse and have something going on at home? Or, I mean... I just can't even figure out why this would come up in their head and his idea right. to do to someone. Well, it's the same thing with that story this last week about those two pieces of shit assholes in the mall who walked up to that woman with cerebral palsy and stole her, her tablet right out of her lap in her wheelchair and ran away. Yeah. They're still on the run, too. We'll post that video, too, because that's that's hard to watch. In the video, you can see two men watching over her as she has her tablet. And she's in a wheelchair. She can't, you know, she doesn't have control over her limbs like right. a, a person. Well, cerebral palsy is, of all the afflictions that really get to me, and they it, this one draws tears, it's, it's cerebral palsy because they are completely normal in the mind. They have no learning disabilities. They are oftentimes... Very, very, very hyper intelligent, and it's just a a, a a a disease, I guess, of the nervous system or the muscular system where they can't they can't move and they can't they're oftentimes frozen into one position. It's terrible, and to take advantage of that of someone with that, it's a special special kind of fucking monster. I know. As I was watching the video, I was thinking about how much I would have loved to have been watching this go down. Because I'm, I'm very vigilant in public, and I feel like I would have noticed these two men hovering over her, watching her. Right. Like stalking almost. Yeah. They were they were waiting for a, a pretty good amount of time. She had noticed them, is yeah. how long it was going on. Right. But she well, couldn't she was, do anything. She was interviewed. Yeah. She was super upbeat. Great spirit. It was awesome. And she said, you know, she's going to fight back against them. And yeah, she has a great attitude. I really, ugh, people. Well, it just, it's, it's a special kind of asshole that we all need to be aware of. I don't think that our world is filled with this type of person. No, not at all. But they're out there and we need to be aware of their existence because they will strike and take advantage of weakness at any given moment. Yeah. And just strike them down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's more proof there is no God, because those people would be getting fucking smote. <laughs> Jesse D, everybody. Do I need to play it? No, I'm oh. just Jesse D. <laughs> so speaking of people who need to be smote, man, these segues are just fucking on point today. Kanye West calls out, and this is another thing. What? It, this is another fucking maniac. Kanye West calls out a wheelchair-bound fan for not standing up during one of his musical numbers at a concert. That's, I'm being very generous, calling the bullshit that he creates music. But he, ugh, go ahead. He says, I can't do this song. I can't do this show. No, no, no. Hey, are you going to read this exactly as he said it? Yeah. Okay, good, good. I can't do this song. I can't do this show until everybody stand up. 
unless you got a handicap pass and you get special parking and shit, I must see you if you ain't standing up. Believe me, I'm very good at that. <laughs> well, that's one thing he's good at. And so then, you know, people started cheering and kind of getting excited. And there's then, a video of it, which we'll put on the website. Then he realizes that there's still some people that are not standing up. Right. And so he singles these people out. And one of the fans raises a prosthetic limb, thereby well, proving that she is, in fact, get special parking and shit, right? Well, he also, he incites the crowd to boo them and uh, to start chanting, stand up, stand up. So once she presented her prosthetic limb, he said, okay, you fine. But, okay, but you then, fine. then he homed in on fan number two, who was still seated, and he stopped performing his tune, The Good Life, and declared, quote, This is the longest I've had to wait to do a song. It's unbelievable. And then the crowd apparently had to clue him in that, hey, this is another handicapped individual. So Kanye actually had his bodyguard go into the crowd to confirm that the seated fan was, in fact, in a wheelchair. When it was confirmed, West said, He's in a wheelchair. It's fine. And then continued. Unfucking believable. So apparently, when you go to Kanye West concerts, you get bullied. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> you can't enjoy the concert how you want to enjoy it, even though you paid for it. I'm going to harass all of you to do what I want you to do. This is kind of the reverse of what I was just talking about, though. What I was just talking about was able bodied people bullying people who are mentally handicapped this is someone who is mentally handicapped bullying someone who is physically handicapped because kanye west <laughs> let's let's be honest with one another there's something fucking wrong with that guy he's i don't know if narcissism can be considered a handicap but if it isn't it needs to be classified as that because he's a fucking maniac He's just very disrespectful to other people, which yeah. just drives me insane. I mean, he thinks he's so much better than everyone else, which would be unbearable. I can't even imagine having to be around him for 10 minutes. Can you imagine going to a dinner party with him and his lovely bride? You mean the two LeBron Jameses? Uh, that's, right. what, that's what he refers to them as, the two LeBrons. Yeah, the two LeBrons. Kim Kardashian, everybody, and Kanye West. <laughs> their kid is fucking doomed there is almost no hope for that child you mean to not be a narcissist just yeah they're gonna be a terrible terrible person it's unfortunate it, i mean i can't i don't know what's gonna happen you know but obviously it, i'm be, it's tongue-in-cheek but the odds are i mean she's gonna be wealthy and all it's a she right yeah it, it, she's gonna be wealthy and everything but the odds are stacked against her to end up not maladaptive and and have a skewed perspective on the world. Yeah. And I don't like talking. I mean, look, I, I really do think that we may need to maybe create some kind of a some kind of a celebrity segment on the show just to point out the complete and utter bullshit that goes on. What I'd really love to do is have Dr. Drew on to talk about his book, The Mirror Effect, which is one of your favorites, is it not? Right, yeah. Which it talks about how our culture 
the United States culture, I think, but this celebrity culture that we have in, in our country is it's poisoning, it's seducing our young kids. I was talking to to somebody last week and we were talking about how I've seen interviews where they talk to, to younger kids and what do you want to do? For, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be famous. Oh, yeah. Well, we, well, what do you want to do? I want to be famous. Like a famous actor or singer. Yeah, whatever. Just famous. That's what I want to be. Yeah, it's disturbing. You know, that's not a fucking job, right? The, the, the famous factory is not taking applications anymore. I mean. Well, it's also disturbing because it's represents like a loss of drive and you know where is the usually people would say i want to be a doctor i want to be a lawyer and now it's it's making this change toward fame and you know everyone's watching these reality tv shows where people just behave badly and that's how they become famous and is that a message we want to send like Like, the snooki and those idiots yeah you can be a out-of-control drug addict and you know violent and crazy and that's what gets you famous that's what gets you paid i mean that's a terrible message to send i would even take it a step further and say that they would the kids would look at a guy like mark zuckerberg and because his ascendancy to wealth and stardom was super fast that they would look at him almost like a reality star that he didn't really have to work for it when he created something massive. He He's provided jobs for thousands of people. He's, he's a smart guy who toiled with what he created. It wasn't just given to him like some asshole on a reality show. But the skewed perspective takes place, and they're not able to make that... They're not able to suss out the details to figure out that he's not the same as you know, Snooky. That's interesting. I've never heard that perspective. Mm. Well, I don't know. I just thought of it. And it, it I mean, really, when you th- think about, you know, I, I want to be like Mark Zuckerberg. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to go learn code? Are you going to, Yeah. you know, if you don't have that innate genius inside of you, and I'm sure he didn't just, wasn't born knowing code. He studied and, you know, he's smart enough guy that he went to Harvard and I'm sure he didn't just walk into Harvard. He had to, all of the all of the things he needed to do, he did to be who he is today. Right. And all a lot of kids look at is the end result, and they don't they don't think about the work. Well, and that's why a lot of times I say negative things about Kim Kardashian, just the the whole Kardashian family. Well, it's so easy <laughs> because that family. I mean, I've I've turned on the show to watch it when it's been on and I can only have, I can only handle like a couple minutes at a time, but what I have seen, it's just very vapid and I don't understand why anyone would want to watch it. Well, it seems to me that the only person on the show who's ever actually achieved anything is Bruce Jenner. And isn't he the one that gets portrayed like the mook all the time? Oh, I'm not sure about what their character roles are. Oh, okay. I just, I know that, they don't do anything. You yeah. know, I, I just don't understand why people want to watch a show of a bunch of rich people doing nothing. Yeah. You know, like going shopping, getting their nails done, talking about ridiculous things that don't matter to anybody but that's this, real. This you know? bullshit permeates our culture. On Facebook last week, this week, I posted uh, a picture, a screenshot. I was watching TV, watching CNN, 
and all of a sudden they're doing a segment on on uh, the younger Kendall Ke- Jenner. Ke- Kendall Jenner, that she's taken down the runway. It's are you fucking kidding me? This we were we were in the midst of another war with a terrorist organization that is threatening to raise their flag in our White House. Another beheading had just occurred, right. did it not? Yeah. So that is happening. We are on the precipice of another presidential election. Our economy still isn't strong. All these things are happening around us, and they're taking time out to do a 10-minute segment on Kendall Jenner taking down the runway. It's the celebrity narcissism, that that culture, it's not just seduced our youth, it's, it's permeated the more reputable facets of our society as well, like CNN. It's, yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to leave you. <laughs> we're not going to leave you with this. This isn't going to be, we should, we should, we're going to end this with a feel good story. And Robert Downey's Robert Downey Jr. Son is, is going through a tough time in rehab right now. And I, again, we're talking about another celebrity thing, but um, it's germane because it. I think it's going to have a positive outcome. Well, Robert Downey Jr. is one of the few celebrities that went through a very difficult time, was behaving badly, was engaging in poor behaviors, almost ruined his career. Almost. I mean, he almost. He, he was on the road to to die to to kill himself. Right, and with he drugs. got he got sober. He's been sober for over a decade, and isn't he the highest paid? actor Mm -hmm. i mean he's iron man he has completely made a comeback and has changed his outcome completely right and his son unfortunately was going down the path that he had previously gone down not a shocker and how it works he was arrested for cocaine possession in june and he was in court this last week and robert downey jr sat behind him in support of him his son's name is Indio Downey. He was sentenced to 90 days in a drug treatment program, and he's already completed 70 of those days. After noting the rehab facility sent, a, sent the court a positive progress report, the judge stated that if Indio stays clean and sober for 18 months and finishes his program, his conviction will be dismissed. And the judge kind of gave him a little pep talk, talking about how he's in a unique situation, that he thinks he's going to beat this, and that he'll be successful because he has a superhero to look up to. Ugh. And, you know, referenced Robert Downey Jr., um, which I thought was, you know, it's nice that the judge was doing that. It's but corny. It, It's kind of corny, but, you know. And the judge talked about, you know, he needs to choose his friends carefully. And apparently Robert Downey Jr. nodded along with the judge as he was giving some of that advice. And Robert Downey Jr. has given several comments on this issue, one of which says, he's his mother's son and my son, and he came up in the chasm much quicker than we did. But that's typical That's typical in the information age. Things get accelerated. Pick a dysfunction, and it's a family problem. And I really love that quote. Yeah, well, it's true. And he he also has reflected on his own addiction issues, which landed him in prison. 
He says, job one is get out of that cave. A lot of people do get out, but don't change. So the thing is to get out and recognize the significance of the aggressive denial of your fate. Come through the crucible forged into a stronger metal or whatever. But I don't even know if that is my experience. It's funny. Five years ago, I would have made it sound like I'm conscious of my own participation in seizing the similarities. But so many things have become less certain. I swear to God, I'm not my story. I also love that quote. And then he's been very supportive of Indio, his son, since the arrest. He said, unfortunately, there's a genetic component to addiction and Indio has likely inherited it. Also, there is a lot of family support and understanding, and we are all determined to rally behind him and help him become the man he's capable of being. We are grateful to the sheriff's department for their intervention and believe that he can be another recovery success story instead of just a cautionary tale. And I really like that because a lot of times people that get arrested for drug crimes or DUIs get angry with the system. And I understand if it's marijuana, you know, or something like that, and you're using it however you want, I guess. But if you are a drug addict, like Indio likely is, and you're starting to go down a wrong path, and there's an intervention like that, that can save your life. Absolutely. So he thanked the sheriff's department for arresting him because that could be the thing that says, you know what? I need to stop. I need it, to get my life together. His, his bottom, his low point. Yeah. And that's another great reason why he wasn't sentenced to jail, but instead sentenced to a drug treatment program. Well, imagine had Philip Seymour Hoffman or so many other heroin addicts. Right. Who aren't celebrities, but they don't get ca they don't get caught up in the system. Oftentimes they just they they succumb to their own addiction and die. I mean, it's. It's it's a terrible it's a terrible thing. Right. And I like I said about the drug treatment program, I do think it is important to make a change to have this emphasis on treatment rather than incarceration. You know, cuz it's it's a mental health problem, it's a medical problem. They need to yeah, have they got to be ready. They got to be willing to go to 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 do the work. And, and that is the other th part. If they're not there yet, maybe jail and look, I don't want to shit on your opinion. But, you know, maybe, maybe jail, it does it for some people. It's just the problem we face as a, as a, as a system, as a judicial system and as a, is we don't know who's ready for treatment and who needs a little kick in the ass. It's a problem. Well, and that's a good point. Oftentimes people go to treatment repeatedly since addiction has a very high relapse rate and, you know, they're probably going to be trying to get clean quite a bit. So whenever yeah. the interventions can start, I guess, the earlier the better. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Um, but I also think it's important to have, you know, a model in your life like Robert Downey Jr. who has been through it, has come out of it, and is successful now and can, you know, give him advice and be supportive of him even though he has screwed up. Yeah. I think that's going to be really important to getting him on the right track. Very good. So that is where we end. The feel-good story for the week, not leaving you hanging. I think this is something we should do every week. We try to. I don't know that we actively try to. I Maybe try to. Well, then it's good that you do the rundown every week because... That's why I ended with my, my hilarious LBJ thing last week. <laughs> Which, by the way, people loved. We need to find more embarrassing clips of presidents talking like assholes. I for sure need to do that. Yeah, for sure. 
So we're going to end it there. Listen, I'm going to plug the, the dollamore.com website one more time. If you're a web developer and you want to help me out, hey, I'm, I'm listening. I am, uh, I'm eager for the help. But also, if you're ready to buy a book or a litany of other items, it's ready for you there. There's a search bar at dollamore.com for Amazon. We love you for listening. And really, listen, we do appreciate every single one of you listening right now. Uh, without you, this wouldn't be possible. Otherwise, it would just be me talking to Brittany with a microphone in front of my face. And that would be dumb. It would still be fun, though. <laughs> for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore. And this has been I Doubt It. This mighty change of heart is exactly what the gospel of Jesus Christ is designed to bring about.